gentlemen, it's your boy Tommy D coming at you from the top of my house. I'm in the attic, cut through the static. The whole thing, you'll hear that later on. That's the song. Every single week here on Philanthropy and Focus, I bring on another leader of a nonprofit organization. We do a couple things here on the show, right? We have some fun. We have some laughs, that's for sure. We definitely have some serious talk at times, which I think we'll do a bit today. And I help these nonprofit leaders tell their story and amplify their message. And that's what it's all about. For me, nonprofits change our world each and every day. They make the ultimate impact that really, you know, the government's not taking care of these things. Oftentimes it's, you know, it's business doesn't always take care of these things. So these issues need to be addressed by nonprofit organizations led by very special leaders, led by leaders. That's good. You're never supposed to define a word with the word in it. I remember that from high school, but when you're an adult, you can sort of just do what you want to do, I guess. So look, the thing I know about nonprofits, especially leadership, is that whenever I say how great a leader is, they always say, well, that's really about my team. It's not about me. It's about my team. And I expect I'll hear the same thing from Tori Cohen today, who is my guest. Before I even do some background, before I continue to rant, Tori Cohen, Executive Director of Long Island Alzheimer's and Dementia. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning, and thanks for having me on today. I'm excited to be able to share about our programs and services um, with our center in Westbury. So just a good morning. I'm good and a good morning to you. I'm excited. You know what? Look, every morning we get an opportunity to wake up and the sun is there is a good morning. That's what I believe. You know, listen, we're guaranteed nothing, gang. I'm, you know, I've worked out a deal with the universe. I got 50 more years. That's I could, you know, follow me on Instagram and I'll teach you how to make deals with the universe. Tommy D.NYC. All right. So look, we we do a couple things to talk about. We talk about the organization. We talk about the leader of the organization, the impact that the organization is making. And then ultimately we get to that, what I call the crescendo of how do we help? How do we help the organization? How do you who are listening help the organization? How do you get involved? Or if you need the services of the organization, how do you get access to the organization? The organization. So we will talk about all of that today. Uh, before we get started, a couple of things I want to just point out to be mindful of. Uh, we do the show live on Facebook. It streams live on talkradio.nyc and goes on all the podcast platforms. So I say this, the next information may be dated whenever you find this. But right now, as I sit here, January 20th, 2023, the New York City Imagine Awards applications have just become available. NYCImagineAwards.com. So if you're a nonprofit organization that serves people or animals, for that matter, if you do any work in nonprofit in the five boroughs of New York City, you should go to nycimaginewards.com. And again, if you want more information about the Imagine Awards, whether it be Long Island, which the event comes up uh, this spring, the 11th annual Long Island Imagine Awards, uh, you can always catch up with me uh, on the Instagram, as I say, tommyd.nyc, and my email, tommyd at philanthropyinfocus, P-H-O-C-U-S.com. All right, all that stuff's out of the way. Tori Cohen, let me read a little bit of background on the organization. I mean, the organization's been around since 1988, Long Island Alzheimer's and Dementia Center. The name has changed. You'll share that with me. But since 1988, the organization has been around. And like many nonprofits I hang around with and many nonprofits, even even big, big nonprofits started out as like four families who had maybe a special needs child and they or they each had a child with special needs or they each had a child with some rare disease and they formed a nonprofit. And then all of a sudden it's a giant nonprofit. This particular organization started with five Long Island women, 1988, and they were affected. Their families were, were impacted by Alzheimer's. They had a parent or a grandparent with the disease. And like oftentimes when you're a resourceful person, it's like, where the heck are the resources? They're not there. Oh, well, then I guess I got to create the resources. I got to turn this into the thing, right? Right, uh, Tori? I mean, that's kind of what happens I see in the beginning. Before you even jump in, I just want to say one last thing. I mean, you've been with the organization since 2003, you have a background in geriatrics uh, as a senior social worker at NYU Medical Center. I'm going to stop there. I'd rather you tell me your story than me read it off the, the, the page here. So let's just jump into it. I mean, I'd love to hear sort of, you know, I, I said this when we talked earlier in the week, you know, how, you know, was there something that drew you specifically to nonprofit work, as I would say? And you said not exactly that, but something drew you to this this particular work. You want to start with that if we could? Sure, sure. So with my background um, before this organization, I was working at the NYU 
medical center in the city. And I feel like in the work there, it started to just become more and more apparent. A lot of people coming in with um, one issue. And then while they're in the hospital, someone saying, well, you know what? Is their memory, you know, okay? Is everything been okay? It's just now, you know, they might be coming in for hip surgery. And then the next thing you know, they're noticing other um, symptoms that they might not have noticed before they came in for surgery. Um, a lot of that was going on and it started to make me think, you know, look, this disease, this Alzheimer's is gonna start to become, a, you know, a much bigger deal um, sooner than later. And that's what ended up drawing to me this, organization to me. I I was living in the city and I moved out to Long Island. So yes, going into the city after a while, I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I could take a little break, but um it was the disease that really brought me to this nonprofit back in 2003. And this organization, when it was started, was really again just a resource center, people calling for information. Um, and then a little day program um, in the midst of it um, at the center in Port Washington. So it really was something I was really interested in. We knew even at that moment, there wasn't really a magical pill that was going to um, save anyone. So it was, what can we do in the meantime while we're waiting um, to get a cure? Yeah. So so let's go back for a second. So you said it started out as uh, exclusively a resource center. What does that exactly mean? That so if someone was calling up and they wanted um, to know a home care agency or a great neurologist in the area, we had a full book of tons of resources because we know it's so overwhelming when someone um, is worried about something going on with themselves, a loved one, neighbor, a colleague, whatever. We were there to be able to say, look, we have these five neurologists we know um, very well. Here's their numbers. Why don't you give them a call instead of them trying to like figure out who they can, you know, go see any, any type of doctors, home care agencies, nursing homes, people that can come into the home and um, clean their teeth, like anything that you can imagine we had in these books, um, which is something. It was a book. Yes. Yeah, so we actually had like a big binder. It yeah. was, it was amazing. And always try to update it and always open to having people also come to the organization to talk about their company on whatever it was, or if it was a doctor. Um, look, all just being there to help people navigate this journey, which is really, you know, what we want. I love that word. I, I, I use it a lot. Navigate. I mean, you know, somebody in my family just had something going on in last week. And, you know, running this on your own, you know, while while two you know, parents are working and trying to call doctors and this doctor and that doctor. And like, it was just kind of difficult. One doctor had had one scenario, one doctor had another scenario. The third doctor said, you got to go do that. And it became, it, it kind of got, you know, gets frustrating. Uh, and, and, you know, it, I know there's certainly uh, care advocates and people out in the field that are specifically in geriatric care, but also, you know, in, with people with uh, intellectual developmental disabilities or really just any of us who who are not ourselves necessarily navigators. And I'll just kind of as a quick um, as a quick aside, you know, um, one of the things that drew me to the nonprofit space was a focus that we have professionally at my agency. So we own a, a firm called Vanguard Benefits. And a lot of the conversations we're getting in with our clients is around bringing them different resources. And, you know, whether it be, you know, benefits, meaning we do uh, group health insurance and ancillary benefits for small businesses with focus on nonprofit. And, uh, you know, it, it's like care advocacy, um, uh, care coordination. These words, you know, we have to really consider as consumers, you know, in making our own decisions and figuring things out um, and being a. Uh, you know, an educated consumer versus just, oh, I got the benefits, I got the card, I'll just go to the place and that's it. You know, we have to make our own decisions. And that being said, not the easiest thing to do. I see you smiling a little bit. What do you, what do you got on that one? Yeah, because I, I think that that is one of the most important things. Like you're talking about benefits. It could be um, someone in a doctor's office with their loved one, even the caregiver, like we say, if it's a spouse or an adult child, which we say the sandwich generation. Yeah. There is so much information to be had, and there is only so much you could be taking in when you're 
you know, in a sense, sitting there worrying about your loved one that is possibly affected. And wherever you could be, I always say for us, we can at least say to the caregiver, when you were in the doctor's office, um, did you make sure you told them what happened last week about this or that? And, and you know, it happened just the other day here that we um, had a participant, we call them participants at our daycare program, which I know we'll get into our programs, but he was having a really difficult time. He's a, he's a younger person that has Alzheimer's and um, it was very hard to manage him here and it was hard to, for him to be managed at home. And one thing it ended up happening after we had a, a consultation with the wife and really checking in, I don't think that she was giving the full story to the doctor. I don't think the doctor, look, everyone's rushing, doing things quick. It ends up to be that she wasn't able to have given him enough information that he went back to the doctor, was put on a, a different meds to see if this is going to help with behaviors. Also, um, just feeling like we're here to point out these things. These are the things that are also happening here to his wife. Are these the things that are happening at home and redirecting and really trying to um, guide them because we can't really expect as much as we educate families and the community about this. It's still when it's happening to your own self, it's hard to like look past that. Like you say, it's more sometimes you're like, well, he always did that or she always did that. And, and you know, I didn't think that was a big deal, but we're here to be able to help him. Well, this seems normal. This doesn't seem normal. Here are the resources. You need to have a good advocate if it's us or other people in the community that really do that and go to appointments as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, all that I agree with, you know, plus, plus, plus. And, and then I'd say, like, the thing is, like, these are emotional times. I, I mean, if this is someone, if, if, you're, if someone is individually going through this, this is a challenge. Like, you know, your life is now changed completely, right? Different trajectory. And then again, the spouse or, or adult or maybe, again, maybe not adult children, if you're telling me young people, you know, I, I, I want to ask the age of people that, can get this uh you know alzheimer's when it can start if it's early onset but it, you know it's a lot for us to be asking of these caregivers if they're going through it you know they they're not s separated from the situation like okay well now i'm a husband but now i'm let me put on my caregiver hat no that's still my wife or my husband right that's my spouse or my or my parent i'm in this thing right what i i guess i'm trying to say I, it's difficult for me to step out and just be caregiver guy all of a sudden you know what i mean yep, yep, yep. um that's 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 why and, and and look no one knows in their life when something like this can happen and everyone has the capabilities of being able to handle so much. So right. even like you say, even in families, there could be, a, you know, one child or a few children and it's whose role and who's going to take care of what, if it's their parent, take okay. away if it's their spouse. And, and that's, what's always really intriguing too, because one might get mad at the other for not being able to handle something. Well, you know what? They may not be able to, they may be able to help with the financial stuff. They may be able to help with the doctor's appointments. They may be able to help with the hands-on care in the home. Everyone may need to take a certain role or someone may just be able to step, take a step back. And, yeah. and that's not um, what their capabilities are. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this, just for my, again, I love that you called out the sandwich generation, which is, I always get a kick out of the sandwich generation because I have a friend of mine who's a financial advisor, my buddy Drew Picard, he's down in, uh, down in Florida. And he always talks about the sandwich generation. You know, he, he does a lot of work in, in, for those of us who are in the sandwich generation. And I laugh because uh, I just turned 45. And I think uh, Drew just turned, or will this year turn 65? And we're both in the same, we're both in the sandwich generation. And the thing is, you don't get out of the sandwich generation until you're one of the pieces of bread. And you you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like, yeah. I mean, like if, if your parent, you know, my mother was 21 when I was born. Okay. So, um, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if she lives till, till 90, you know, what does that make me 79 or something like that? And I'm like, I'm 79 and I'm a caregiver, but how many generations are caring for, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's how long, you know, with, with the longevity that we have, uh, it, it, which is a blessing, but it's also a situation where, you know, your, your 80 year old child could take me, maybe my math is off, but the point of the matter is senior citizens are taking care of their senior parents is what I'm getting at, you know? So it's, it's tell me about that. What do you think? Well, I, I, I do. I wanted to point out to you too. It's we in the last, you know, 
10 years or so, we know that other diseases um, have had cures. So the fact is, is that people are living longer past right. what you think. And um, so it does set up a different um, dynamic of what we need to deal with. And like you say, it's like the two pieces of bread, but we're, we're trying to manage ourselves. We're trying to manage our individual families. And then we're trying to manage, you know, if it's then our parents and that's why we need to have resources in place because how can you, if you're working, go to a job, be able to go do your job and then not be focused on what could be possibly going on at home um, and with um, this disease. So, 100%. so we are going to take a quick break and I'm with you on all that. The only thing I'll point out real quick before we go to break is that we're going to talk about all programs and things we come back. But the thing is too, you know, there's employers need to be mindful of what your employees might be going through. And this goes to the whole mental health conversation, which may or may not get into today, but it just goes to the point of we need to be mindful of our people, of our associates, because people are going through stuff. And then there's and, and then there's an opportunity to bring in advocacy organizations, you know, resource organizations like yours to the employer side, which I think, right, I love that because being that I because our business works in tandem with HR departments. I think there's a lot of cool stuff, which you and I could talk about probably another time or maybe today. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's just jump to a commercial because we're late for that, but that's part of the show. That's how I do it. Let's run to a quick commercial break. We'll come back. Let's dive in when we get back, Tori, into programs, impact, some anecdotal stories. How's that sound? Perfect. All right, we're going to commercial. Your boy, nonprofit sector connector guy. Right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his single Friday, I head up to the attic. In fact, I head up to the attic all the time. But every single Friday, I head up to the attic specifically to do this show, Philanthropy in Focus, and really highlight the work that nonprofits are doing. Because I believe that that's my mission. I believe that's my role. That's my job as nonprofit sector connector. Yes, I did make that name up myself, but people call me it now. So that worked. But as that nonprofit sector connector, you know, it's my role to make the connections. In fact, I had uh, I, I had a friend of ours in the office. Um, she does uh, Medicare and individual health insurance. And I think, Tori, I'm going to mention her to you, my friend Ruth Lynn. I'm going to connect you all. We, we should have a meeting. We should have a coffee meeting because I like to drink coffee. In fact, one of my sons always says, uh, if I meet somebody in the neighborhood, like a new friend, like a parent, just like somebody in the neighborhood, whatever, it's like... Uh, what are you going to do, dad? Invite him for a cup of coffee? It's going to go have a cup of coffee? I go, probably. You're right with that? You know, learn to have coffee and then you can have these meetings too. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. Actually, that particular son tries to drink my iced coffee as I think about it. So look, so um, 
it's it's about the power of the connections, as I'm saying. So that is my mission. So we're going to get Ruth Lynn connected with Tori because I think there might be some things she could do to help out the organization. The organization is called Long Island Alzheimer's and Dementia Center. And Tori is always on the front lines. I'm reading from my notes. She's uh, community and professional education, getting this out there, all about cognitive impairment. She's always sought after with regards to issues for memory loss. She's been interviewed in publications and broadcasts such as WBAB here on Long Island in Newsday, as well as Long Island Business News. And now with your boy on Philanthropy and Focus. All right, Tori, talk to me about the, the organization we talked background in the first segment there. Let's talk about programs. Let's talk about, you know, evolution. Talk about over 30 years has been some changes what the organization delivered. You had mentioned the other day, even just the logistic logistical move from where you were physically the, the office to where it is now i felt like that was a catalyst and there was a story there you wanted to tell me the other day but i said no 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 no, tori don't tell me now wait till friday <laughs> oh my gosh well yes yeah, so what you said in the beginning when this organization was started in 1988 we were there till um 2016 the issue that we had is we loved Port Washington. We loved serving the community there, but we really were so far away from the highway that in the way the organization was changing and evolving, we wanted to be more accessible to other people in Long Island. Look, that's what you want your mission. You want to be able to serve as many people as you can. So in discussions with board and community and this and that, and also other community organizations that we want to partner with more. We weren't able to partner with a lot of people because if they're talking about our resources and then they're like, you're coming off the highway and you'll get there in 25 minutes. It's a pain in the neck. I, I live up on the North Shore of Long Island. For those of you who are finding us who don't know Long Island, you know, I mean, it, it like I'm five miles north of the LIE where I live, you know, four and a half, five miles. It's a, poor Washington, knowing where you guys were, that's even more of a pain in the neck, you know, like yeah. just trying to get up that way. Yeah. yeah. So Westbury, centrally located, you know, north and south, middle of the road, right? N Nassau County, right? Makes yeah. a lot of sense. So it's, so that was, um, that was the decision. So when we moved to Westbury in 2017, um, you know, a lot of changes um, started to happen. And the fact is, is that, as I said to you, we started as a resource center and a day program, which was helping people in later stages. I kind of want to just sort of give you the um evolution of what happened um at you know with our organization and you know where we are today because the organization was called the long island alzheimer's foundation and that's how it was started with the um five women what happened was is that people thought we were an organization that gave out money they weren't uh, understanding foundation. what our services were yeah that word foundation in it yeah exactly, exactly. Right. and there was a reasoning behind that because they wanted to be able to do what they were doing in port and other places, and they thought they were going to be able to be giving money out, but that's not how um, it all ended up coming down. So yeah. in the midst of um, our move, one of the things that was super important to me is that we're making this move and we really want to make ourselves known. People really um, did not know about us at all. We're a small grassroots nonprofit organization not tied to a national organization, all funds raised come to um, our center. We're different because we have hands-on programs and services. Everything we do is hands-on. Also, what makes us unique is that we're not only serving the people that are diagnosed, we're, we're serving their caregivers, which mm -hmm. obviously is super important because you can't have just someone who's diagnosed without taking care of their caregiver. If you don't have the caregiver around, then who's taking care of the diagnosed? So yeah, let, let me interrupt you one second. I have to, because I had a friend of mine, Elisa, who was on the show a couple months back from Nancy's house. And I'm looking for it real quick. Cause I want to make sure uh, um, her name is escaping me right now, Elisa's last name, but I want to make sure I call it out um, because the organization what, what the show was about was about taking care of caregivers where we talked about self-care is not selfish. And I think um, Elisa Lewin, L-E-W-I-N, the website is nancys-house.org, but I'll share it on Facebook too, nancys-house.org. And Elisa's entire 
organization. So she has an incredible story. Uh, it's somewhere in the archives of philanthropy and focus, everybody. But it's all about that we need to look out for ourselves when we are caregivers, Tori, right? Sandwich generation again. And we need to look out for other people who are giving care. And again, I think I'm creating something in my head because it goes back to my point about HR departments again, that they need to be aware that many of us end up in this caregiver role, whether it be full-time caregiving or, you know, just the sick spouse or somebody who's dealing with something, you know, long-term or something that's more short-term. And that becomes a big responsibility for us. So, so I thank you for realizing as an organization, you know, and, and not realizing, but highlighting the, that focus on the caregiver as well. Yeah. And that's something like, look, that we, we had wanted to do, and we, we were open um, to doing, we, we sent, um, like you say, organizations, other businesses need to know if they have some really good employees too, that they're really um, wanting to take care of. And yet they're not understanding the dynamics. If this person starts to call out or they're late, like to really understand what's going on with their um, um, employees. So that's something that we, you know, in a sense, we would love to help with in the future. But so the fact is, is that, you know, people in the end, when I said, um, you know, making this organization and what makes us unique. The other part of it too is once that first phone call is made to our center, we want to be able to be with that person, family, whoever it is through the in- entire journey. It might be from the early stages to the later stages. It might be that one call that they ask one question and they don't use any of our services. That's fine. They may call 15 times, but that's one thing that I want to highlight that we're, we're here for a lot of different um, reasons. And then as you call yourself the connector, I mean, yes, then if someone's needing other um, services with another organization, then we are going to you know make those referrals. So I think the biggest thing, even with this disease, is still that it's stigmatized and it's still hard to take that next step. And I feel like once people take that next step with us, they realize that we're like a family. Um, and when they come into the center, which, you know, um, I will talk about um, yeah. with our programs. I feel like there's a sense what people always say to me. I feel like it's very welcoming and warm and we're like a family. Yeah. So let, let me just quickly, because we, we're going to go to a break, but I just want to call out some of this stuff. We weren't going to really make a big definition of the disease because I am not a doctor nor a scientist, but um you know, the overview, it says it's um, more than 3 million cases a year. Uh, treatments can help manage Alzheimer's disease, uh, but there is no known cure. Um, symptoms are memory loss, misplacing items, forgetting the names and places of objects, uh, repeating themselves regularly. Um, you know, in fact, somebody in my family who's who's up in years, uh, my father just not not my father, but somebody in my father's family just um is going through some of this, but she's in her nineties, you know, I, I, but the, you know, not to say that it's okay, you know, that, that somebody in their nineties, but you know, I, I don't know if that's an Alzheimer's thing or something else, but confusion, disorientation, um, yeah, a lot of things. And I'm just pulling this right off of the internet. I, this is, um, you know, do you want to comment on that Tori? before? I, I, I'll, yeah, I was going to say, I'll comment before break. Cause I think this is where someone could be left with. It's different to have all those symptoms you have people in their nineties, could have some memory issues, but it's it's the behavior that goes along with the disease. So uh, the famous thing is, yes, you could forget where your car is in the parking lot. I've done it many, many times. Yeah. We're all crazy, busy, stressed right. out, but it's when you get your car and now we say you don't have keys. So if you don't know how to start the car, you're forgetting why you're even getting in the car is that next step of that's the next level. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, somebody was laughing the other day because I, I don't know if I gave my keys to a valet or something like that. And he got a kick out of the fact that I have an Apple, um, one of these Apple things. I don't even know what it's called. Like a pod, like an AirPod, an AirPod. That's what's called. I have that on my keys because it's not every day that I lose my keys, but often it's more than once a day in the same day that I lose my keys. So I got to go, I got on my own, beep, beep that thing. Yes, thanks, Dylan. Give me the air tag. Thank you. But I go, beep, beep my keys, please, you know, so I can find the. <laughs> All right. We will go. We will be right back. Uh, this is Philanthropy and Focus. Tori Cohen from Long Island uh, Alzheimer's and Dementia Centers on the show. When we come back, we promised you this. We're going to dive into programs. We're going to dive in what it's like at the center, what kind of staffers you have, what their roles are, things like that. This is Philanthropy and Focus. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. We are back. Today's guest is Tori Cohen, and I'm Tommy D. All right, look, the organization called Long Island Alzheimer's and Dementia Center. So what goes on at the center, Tori Cohen? What does it feel like? How many employees are there? What are these employees doing? Tell me about that. Um, so our center, we have around 28 employees. Um, half of them are part-time, and most of the employees that are working in the center are working in our day program. And I think you mentioned it at the way beginning of the show. If it wasn't for my staff, we would not be the center that we are. It's the care, the kindness, the patience that people um, have here, which makes it a like comfortable space for the individual to come in and their family. And, you know, just before I jump into say these programs, it's one of my staff. The other day we have we have a bus, which I'll get into. We have buses that pick people up um, for our day program here. Yesterday, when it was pouring rain and I was coming into the center um, right after program began, one of the caregivers was dropping their loved one off. And I watched my bus driver for around 15 minutes go to the car where the person who had Alzheimer's was trying to get out. And if I could tell you, it was probably like a 20-minute process in the pouring rain. And the patience, the 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 walking, you know, slow, slow walking, even into the door, you know, it was, it's just something that I, you, you, you can't have, you, you just have to have people that are like that, that are your workers. You're, you, certain people have that makeup and certain people don't, which is why, you know, if certain people aren't able to um, stay, there's from like a lot of reasons at this organization, but it's, it's so unreal, the care that people take. And the kindness and you know i made sure i said to this bus driver i i just need you to know like it that was just so unbelievable and he said that's what we all need to do that's what we do oh so, I, we got a pause right there i don't know if you want to shout that person out by name but whoever you are is it mr bus driver or mrs bus driver yeah, mr bu- bus driver's name is, is tony battaluco tony Tony Badaluco, Tommy D, how you doing? Listen, but Tony, I got to give you a shout out because, uh, you know, and to, to, to Tori's point, these are the folks that work in the nonprofit sector. These are selfless people. They're servant leaders. They're there. Let, unfortunately, in this industry, in this sector, people are, are not making uh, what you can make in other jobs. That's I, I say that, unfortunately, because my point of this is that needs to change. We can't change it this morning, but that needs to be changed. That's a different discussion. My point of it is people don't go into the nonprofit sector to get rich. People go into the nonprofit sector because they want to make an impact. They want to make a change. And oftentimes, back to Vanguard benefits, we're often in these conversations with nonprofits that find want to find ways to do whatever they can for their staffers. And I don't know if I misread what you said there, Tori, but it's uh, you know, your point about like, you know, sometimes people leave. 
and people leave organizations and you know um and you lose these incredibly special people that the sector should not be losing you know organizations should not be losing these people the people want to be there but at the same time especially here where we live people need to make you know the wage and and have an income that they can survive we don't have to get into that topic now but i just know that is something that is certainly important to our sector tony thanks for going above and beyond and what you're doing and all the other 27 people on the staff are doing that tori appreciate it yes so the the day program that we have here is called the social model day program it runs six days a week um which they come from 10 to 2. it includes art therapy pet therapy word games trivia art um every day we have live entertainment people get lunches every day of the week they can choose from two different um types of food obviously it all depends on the person's um if they have other medical issues and allergies and things like that it's all um looked at you bring, by, in, the food? You bring it in or it's you yes, cook we bring, in, we bring in food um from an, a restaurant that's down the street that's vetted with the Nassau County um, Office of the Aging. So everything's sort of set up in a diet, you know, diet way of not like not a lot of salt and um, in the right amount of calories. So people get um, a lunch every day and yeah. we get live entertainment every day. But I just want to stress that we're saying people get live entertainment. This is where funding comes in. We get support for that. We, we we can't afford as an organization to just have this type of entertainment, but we're trying to do what we can to make this as stimulating as it could be for people that come in um, with this diagnosis. So people love it. It's it's people, um, if they need more time after our program, if it's someone that's us in the sandwich generation working, we can um, keep people after hours too. It just depends on what they need. We're small enough to be able to accommodate everybody and tailor things to their needs. How many participants do you get each week or each day? Um, we're we're hitting around um, 25 to 30 um, each day just with our day program. Okay. Um, and you have to have a certain amount of staff in each room in with New York State um, guidelines and and making sure that um, that like you say the ratios are all okay. Are they, um, are those individuals, uh, do they pay some, what, what do they pay? Do they not pay? How, how does that work? How does the organization? Yes. Well, we get funding from Nassau County. So there's individuals that don't um, pay. There are certain people that do pay. There's certain people um, that have private long-term care insurance that pays for their um, needs and a few people that are, have some managed long-term care contracts. So it's just a variety we yeah. try not to turn people away. That's why we're always trying to get grants and a lot of hardship funding because we have 56,000 people in Long Island needing help. And, you know, like I say, we, we know that this type of program is very beneficial. It doesn't cure the disease, but we certainly know socialization is a huge part and, and helps. So people are able to get to our program. We do have transportation. Um, we have um, two buses, so people can be picked up by our bus drivers who are dementia trained and a staff member, and they can get on the bus and come and then get a ride home. So on the other side, when I say it's for the caregivers, just as much as the individuals getting what they can from our program, the caregivers getting that relief at any hours, it's like a lifetime to them. Hundred um, percent. It's it reminds me a lot of of uh, organizations that do work in the in the. Uh, what we used to refer to, although sometimes the special needs community or the intellectual and developmental disabled community, because, you know, the parent or the caregiver in that um, time is often super overwhelmed because of the work they're doing, uh, depending on the needs of the, of the individual. Um, so I, I want to just a couple of things I want to point out. First of all, um, art therapy. Want to talk about it. Maybe we'll talk, not today, but you and I, because we want to get you hooked up with the Spirit of Huntington Art Center, where I'm a board member. They do great work and they can come on site and do some things. They're a um, nonprofit organization. I want to hear about this pet therapy thing, because I also sit on the board of Horseability. And now, have you ever had horses out there? No, we had wanted to. And I just met, um, uh, I met the... From, like from Horseability or from one yeah. of the other... Yeah. I met her. Um, I met her at a lunch, but it was very brief because she had to run out. Oh, 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 no, no, we talked about this. Okay, so you were at the the NASA bar lunch. Yes, yes. Right? So Linda, Linda Beagle Shulman was at Katie yes. McGill. Yes, Katie's yes. my buddy. She's my friend. She's actually the first ever guest on Philanthropy and Focus way back in in uh, January of 2021. Um, 
January 8th, 2021 was when Katie McGowan came on the show. But I sit on the board there and they bring these minis out, these, these two little minis. And one of them showed up on, on Philanthropy and Focus one time. That's a whole nother thing. But I would love to get involved with bringing out the horses, bringing out the minis. And uh, I, can we, I, I'm going to just say, I know horseability can make it happen. Can can we make it happen on your side? Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, what I was just going to say before is that we were in touch and then COVID happened. And then, you know, that was like they took away a bunch of years and it was like we just needed to come back to the center and get things started slowly but it was just like that i mean look here's the connection in small world that we this is how it happens. i'm gonna make it happen we're gonna make we're ready it for the horses we're, we're ready for the minis being recorded everybody hold me to it we're bringing katie if you're listening i'll text you in a little while but we gotta get these out there uh and again the <laughs> you're in westbury where horseability is on the campus of SUNY Old Westbury, my alma mater. So this is an easy thing. This is like, I might go get the horses now. No, Tommy, <laughs> relax, Tommy D, settle down. Don't get the horses now. But like, this is the kind of stuff we can make happen is certainly Spirit of Huntington Arts Center. So we, um, I think we're going to break in a couple, not just yet, but I want to just talk about um, when, when we, what, do you have a development person on your team or is that really a role? Meaning for those of you who are not familiar with nonprofit, when I say development, the person who goes out and gets the grants, makes the sponsorships, makes the relationships. Is that really in, in your world or do you have somebody that does that? I was going to say yes. And I do, though, after one, because our day program is our biggest program, but we definitely have other programs that I want to make sure that I highlight. Go back to programs and we'll talk about development when we come okay. back. Well, I'll, I'll do a quick thing. So we have the day program. We have an in-home respite program, which is a worker goes to the home to provide relief to the um, individual who has Alzheimer's and the caregiver can go out for two hours. That's that's a really, really special, unique program that um, people love and we serve um, people in Nassau County. On the other side of it, for the caregivers, we have support groups for spouses, adult children, the bereaved. That's something that's super um, important, run by our licensed social workers virtually and also um, in person. Something that happened, and like you say, it's gonna be hard because there's so much to talk about. Before COVID, now COVID, mental health, mental health, mental health. Just because we're talking about Alzheimer's, we started counseling services here run by a licensed social worker. So someone who needs more help and more care, regardless of resources and stuff, we have, we have those services to be able to help people and have one-on-one -on -one sessions, which is super important. Um, and, and then, people that just need more education, more caregiver trainings on many different topics. We can't handle it. We have somebody else come in and talk about a certain subject on just about anything that a caregiver wants, which is why I like the idea that we're still small enough to be able to handle all these different things. So that's that whole part of serving both sides of the coin and really trying to make sure that we don't get out by the caregiver. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, uh... Gosh, we talked about caregivers a lot already, so I don't want to keep belaboring that point, but I think it's super important to just realize that that we're all going to be a caregiver or you're going to be cared for one or the other, you know, or both at the same time, like both at the same time, like literally like my friend, uh, Elise Lewin, who founded that group, Nancy's House, she needed care and she was caring for her father-in-law while she was going battling her own cancers and things like that. And it was just like, you know, you know, you have to. There's a lot takes out a lot. You know, it's a it's a it's a bit dangerous being a human being. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. So, all right, when we go to break, which we're going to do in a sec, I want to share. I'll share the website. I'll kind of point out some of the programs. So, for those of you who are watching on Facebook, you'll get to see it. Um, but if you're not watching on Facebook and you're just listening to us, you can go to lidementia.org. That's the right website, right? Lidementia.org. Yep. E-E-M-E-N-T-I-A.org, L-I, Dementia.org. All right, let's go to a quick break. Tori, when we come back, what we'll do is, you know, I was asking you a little bit about development. Let's Because I want that to roll into what do you need, events coming up, connections, all that. Sounds good? Perfect. All right, gang, we'll be right back. Philanthropy in Focus. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Philanthropy and focus, and just like that, we're almost out of time. All right, so the website again is Long Island. Well, the organization is Long Island Alzheimer's and Dementia. The website is lidementia.org. I was sharing on Facebook just some of the programs. Sorry if you didn't get to see everything, but the breaks are real quick because we got to get back to business here. So check out the website yourself. Tons of programs, tons of resources. Really quick, Tori Cohen, before we get into some kind of upcoming events and, and connections, what, um, how do they get in touch aside from the website phone number what are they, can you shout all the uh, facebook or insta whatever yeah i mean that so you the the website you had said our phone number is 516-767-6856 and we're on we're on instagram and facebook facebook is the long island alzheimer's and dementia center um on insta i forget l-i-a-z um dementia the the fact is i think Tommy, the way you were starting the last conversation before we went to break, when you were saying like, who, you know, what's going on? Who's your development person? Who's the the organization has gone through so many different um, positions and things like that. I mean, look, as the executive director of the organization, um, that is a huge part of my job, talking, talking, meeting people, networking, but really um, a lot of my staff, are part of this whole um, puzzle because sure. they're out there. Like I always say to them, they may be out there and it's not even um, a work day on the weekend being ambassadors for us. Cause everyone you can meet one out of six people. They're definitely going to have someone that has the disease. So it's really like, again, a team effort. And but even with our team, we still need so much help. We yeah. do really need a lot of help. Um, and there's, ways that people can help us you were just asking about social media stuff if you connect with us and you share our messages on social media that's huge for us people could see things and then call you know volunteer opportunities um with introductions to other people there's a lot of third-party fundraisers we have three major signature events each year one coming up on may 5th which is a here's to hope luncheon um we have on September 11th, a golf outing, and on November 14th, a casino event, all three big events um, bringing in money to the organization so we can continue to be sustainable and do what we love doing. Um, The other part is people can come in, the most important is to see the center. There are a lot of other um, opportunities to be able to help if it's funding support groups or um, engagement events, parties. We love to have parties for the participants here. Other times volunteering at our events. Then one of the more major things, and I think you're focusing a little on that, is businesses. Really having some bigger businesses behind us and believing in our cause, A, for their employees. And if some of these businesses have grants that we can apply to, to um, bring in some other revenue to our organization. So yeah. it's a nonstop job. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And 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 thank you for doing it all. And thank you for your team for doing it. I love how you say ambassadors, but I pulled up the website, the the uh the here's the hope lunch and the gal the golf classic, excuse me, in the casino night. Um so I, the 
angle with businesses, <clears throat> I'm just going to pretend like this is just you and me having a cup of coffee for a second yeah. and like we're just networking and there's not people listening and we're not recording this. Like, what about like lunch and learns where an employer who might have 50 or 75 employees or 12 employees, doesn't matter, where they can write a check to the organization and the organization can come in and say, here's what we do. Here's the services we have. Um, because you say one in six. So that says to me, if there's a dozen people in the room, that's two out of 12, right? That are affected when it's probably higher than that, right? Because uh, yeah, I, I was just throwing it out, but it's true. It feels yeah. like it's everybody. Right. So, because uh, if it isn't my, one of my parents, it's my, maybe it's my in-law or my uncle or whatever, right? So, um, or my neighbor across the street, who's like family, whatever, that kind of thing, you know? So what about that? Have you done that? Or should we, when should we start doing that? You and me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tomorrow, the okay. that's, that's something that really, and like you talk about strategies and strategic planning and things you want and just new initiatives. There it is. I think that's super important. It was at one point, at one time, um, you know, just even thinking about it, it's like, well, I sent a lot of information um, to a particular hospital system because they wanted to give the resources to their employees. I never yeah. wanted to talk, but like that was just a start. So I could start lunch and learns with you tomorrow. That's yeah. that's, well, that's important. Uh, yeah, so it's funny. I was on a call. So um, one of the founding partners of my firm, Ed Probst, and I were on a call yesterday with another friend who's coming on this show in a couple of weeks. And um, Melinda Murray Nyack from an organization called the Dom Hart 21 uh, Foundation, Sudden Cardiac Arrest is is what they're focused on. And tragically, uh, her son, uh, Dominic, passed at 17 years old on the basketball court at SUNY Farmingdale. Yeah. Um, and, and we were talking about, you know, certainly the DeMar Hamlin situation on that Monday night football game that probably the whole world has seen by now. And and um, sounds like that young man is making a, a great recovery. And that's a super um, something we're all grateful for. But we need to have these conversations about things that go on in the world. So Ed and I were in a meeting yesterday and talking about how as an agency, Vanguard Benefits, we can really bring resources like uh, like Melinda's organization, like your organization to our clients. You know, we have a few hundred businesses that we deal with. And as a as a as a give back and a and a sort of again, it's on brand. You know, we call we we just redid our brand. It's called Vanguard Benefits. It used to be called Vanguard Insurance Agency, but Vanguard Benefits U, Y-O-U is our website. And it's totally on brand with what we're trying to do is is be totally uh connected to the nonprofit sector, but bringing different resources to our clients. So this is like a no brainer for me. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get over cr crazy and, and there's people listening, but, but I don't see a reason why we can't do a whole bunch of these bringing you in to meet with leaders of organizations. It's in fact, it's my passion. It's a whole other angle of what I want to do, you know, when I'm old and gray, but, um, or, <laughs> or maybe not that old, maybe not that gray. Um, but it's, uh, it's something that's right in our wheelhouse. So I'll stop there. Um, anything else that you want to say as far as connections might go? Are there specific businesses? Um, <laughs> I'm seeing your note in the chat. Yeah, we, we we totally ran out of time, which is part of the show. It's how it works. Here's what my commitment is to my listeners. I promise you that every week, as long as I do this show, we will run out of time way before we'd run out of words. Because I got plenty of words and so do my guests usually. So um I know. Anything you want to shout out? Are there like organizations like, hey, you know, it'd be great if we could partner with fill in the blanks nonprofit or or even businesses. Or you mentioned a, a you didn't. I thought felt like you were, we kind of winking at each other. You mentioned a health system, and or well, um, I, you didn't mention anybody by name, but like if there were some like relationships like on the island that we might want to hook up with, is there anybody like that? Not to hold you to it, but it, maybe there's something there. Because I, I say I said health system because just you never know. You don't want one um, health system to get upset with the other. I think we are still somewhat and have our beginning connections with um, some of the major health systems, but it's always if someone else still knows um, yeah. someone higher, like we always say, here's a whole other topic. Again, you know, emergency room visits, worst thing for one of um, our participants. All the new, like this was something that we had talked about with one health system, like before COVID, like to, to, is all the newer doctors really aware of these dynamics of when someone's brought in with Alzheimer's and then with their loved one, what that really means and what it takes. And it's just, it's one of the hardest things that we always say, please try to stay away from the emergency room if you can, for a lot of reasons. And also for the hospital, it's like, once someone goes into the hospital, there's a lot of things that um, happen, but just education, educating, educating 
new doctors, educating EMT, edu you know, that's, that's a whole other part of you come to um, someone's house who's calling for an emergency and how you approach someone with um, Alzheimer's in their family. Because you're thinking, let's say if we had someone, they called for help and the Alzheimer's person's aggressive. We know they don't mean to be aggressive because they can't help it. And that's why their loved one called. But someone yeah. might be a little bit even more aggressive with the person and scare them. I mean, there's so much to like um, yeah. understand. It's it's there's a lot for me, and that's why I'm very still passionate. All right, so it. so we just got to make it happen. We just got to become better friends. And and look, let's be honest. I don't probably well, we probably meet at some point. But Greg Levine was the catalyst. Shout out to Greg Levine, my buddy over at Mercury LLC. Greg, without you making this connection, without then then this show probably doesn't happen. At least not today. It doesn't happen this fast. So I want you to meet my friend Amy Fleischer with Harmony Healthcare. Okay, Amy Fleischer is the record development out there, formerly with. Um, uh lish long island select healthcare oh i know amy fleischer yeah. so, you know amy so we got to make that so if, she's the best she's my buddy she um i, I love you amy. <laughs> i was gonna say something about dave Grohl. she's a big dave Grohl fan big food fighters fan i won't i'm not gonna embarrass you amy. all right so look we will leave it there next week on the show um venture house which is one of my clients they are they run a clubhouse setting for people living with mental illness uh, it's, I'm reading off their website. We are a community of mutual support that provides members with opportunities to gain skills, confidence, respect as coworkers, neighbors, friends, and citizens. I happen to be on their Staten Island campus a couple of weeks back. Um, so excited to have uh, Juliet Douglas, the executive director, on the show next week. Tori Cohen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Honestly, you're right. We have a lot more to talk about. Well, I just have to just have to do it like over several cups of coffee and bring it in the boardroom and make some things happen. I appreciate you. Anything last words because we're late. So anything else you want to say? No, I just want to thank you for having um, me on the show to be able to talk about our organization, which is super important, an important resource for people to know on Long Island. You you know someone, you have somebody, please send them our way and we will take care of them. I can't wait to come for a visit and I will bring Italian ices as soon as my dad's store in Huntington opens. Bring out the Italian ices for the folks. Please, and the, mini, and the minis. And the, the horses, I might bring them this afternoon. I'll, I'll text them. <laughs> Listen, everybody. Dylan, play the music. The show's over. We got to go. Let's be focused. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? 
or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 